Welcome to Smashing Through Walls with Carla McGee. Whether you are just pulling up a seat to the table, breaking a glass ceiling, or smashing through walls, grab your favorite mug and join us on the first and third Friday at 11 o'clock for candid conversations with industry experts and decision makers as we navigate and explore all the things related to real estate and community. Hey everyone, it's Carla McGee with Smashing Through Walls. And because we don't want to just break the glass ceiling, we want to smash down the walls. I'm here today with some very exciting guests. My co-guest today is David Pierce from the MHG commercial team. And our guest today is Rob Millar. And I'll just say from the city of Scottsdale, because I'll let you introduce yourself and all your accolades. So why don't you start us off, Rob? Well, good morning. Thank you for having me, Carla and David. It's good to hang out with you this morning on this Friday morning. Uh, uh, yeah, Rob Millar, I'm the Director of Economic Development with the City of Scottsdale. So I get to do fun things about helping ensure our Scottsdale economy is strong and thriving and uh, and growing. Sounds fun. It is. It's a fun job. Absolutely. It's not really a job. It's, it's kind of a sport, really. <laughs> it's like right. a sport. Yeah. We go and try to... Retain right. the talent that we have and That's right. grow it and continue to make sure Scottsdale's got that robust economy. Right? That's right. And the other new voice behind the microphone is? Uh, David Pierce with uh, MHG Commercial as well. I get to work with Carla all the time, actually. You and, lucky guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> you should be. But I'm, I've been, I'm a lot of fun. I've been doing real estate in Scottsdale for 20 years And you now. live in Scottsdale yes, as well. Yes, I've, I've lived in the 852571 or 0 um, all 20 of those years. So, so I've, I'm partial to Mesa, which I've made very clear to everybody. And David is partial to Scottsdale. Yeah. It's been, I've been told it's my bubble. It's yes. Mesa is my bubble. I don't like like, leaving. No, I I could just do. (laughs) We won't hold that against you. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. Not Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I'm a Scottsdale native pretty much since I was five. I, uh, my parents moved out from Iowa and they said I was too young to stay behind. (laughs) Um, You know, the fire stations will still let you drop off at five. Not that I've ever looked into it. Well, too late for that now. (laughs) uh, But same same thing. I grew up in 85257 and I live in that same area and just been home for... Uh, well, long time. I was going to say, yeah. it says that you're a 48-year resident. Yeah. I don't know how you could pull that off at 39. Right, I'm just right, saying. right. Well, it's math. It's bad math. <laughs> it's bad, that's it's bad, bad math. math. And uh, I have a lot of kids. That's why my hair is so gray. <laughs> Other than that, I'm 32. Right. I was just saying, <laughs> exactly. real, real estate, I'm I'm only 25. Right. What do you mean I look right. like I'm in my 40s? Right. That's what this will do to you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of real estate, I'm just going to jump right into it because there are some hot questions about Scottsdale right now. Everybody's moving here and I know that they are, it is one of the top picks. So let's talk about a couple of things. Let's talk about, you know, this is kind of all over the place, but business coming. And then also what does post COVID look like? Because I know David and I get asked all the time, like, isn't, aren't the offices empty? Aren't they all dead? Isn't that going to be the next like bubble actually? And I disagree. And I would love to hear your thoughts on it and kind of what you're seeing in the city. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I'll, I'll cut to the tape. I'm bullish on office. I, I think that, uh, you know, we're all still trying to figure out what this post pandemic thing is going to be. And, um, it's probably the question we get asked and, you know, most uh, people in economic development get asked, you know, a few times a week and nobody really, you know, knows for sure. I, you know, I would say that, you know, I think it's going to take some time for us to realize what that's going to look like. And we talk with companies all the time and, 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 you know, large companies, I mean, with thousands of employees and small uh, businesses, five or less and ask them, what does it look like for you? And they're trying to navigate that, you know, uh, you know, hybrid, is I would say the 
the product of of the month and trying to figure out what that looks like. And and I and I would say most of that is because of retention mm-hmm. and attraction that the workforce is definitely in the driver's seat. And 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 that changed with the pandemic, right? Before the pandemic, could you imagine going to your employer and saying, "I'm going to work from home"? Half I mean, most the time, yeah, no or, way. Oh, <laughs> how about all when the I time? Feel like yeah. Right? Yeah. All the time, <laughs> all the time. And it and it wasn't a question; it yeah. was a statement. And so I think that that has just really changed our world. And it's not unique to Scottsdale; it's it's yeah. everywhere. Correct. And employers are, are adjusting to that. And, and, and a lot of companies put their office space on the sublease market or just close the doors entirely as mm-hmm. they try and navigate this. And, you know, you, you're talking, you know, it could be 5,000 square feet, 100,000 square feet. You know, we've got a large employer, North Scottsdale, that built 500,000 square feet in the middle of the pandemic. Beautiful Class A office space. Yeah. And it's empty as they figure out what that new normal is going to be. I think, you know, the, what's going to happen, uh, I don't have a crystal ball. If I did, I would have brought it because it would have been a great for the photo op. <laughs> we wouldn't still yeah. be in real estate. Yeah. 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 Well, I would let you guys use it. Yeah. It's just yeah. for me. Ah. Ball. Very protective of my crystal ball. But I think what's going to happen is that, you know, companies, uh, you, you probably saw the Elon Musk. I don't know if you saw his email he sent out to his workforce. I did. A couple oh, yeah. Days ago. To, 40 uh, hours a week. At or, minimum. Or, or depart. Yes. Yeah. Tesla. Or pound uh, sand. Yeah. Right. And, you know, his, his, uh, his thought was that, you know, great things happen when we're together. Um, and, uh, collaboration is key. Yeah. If you don't show up, then we're going to, I think his words were, we're going to assume you uh, quit. Um, now that's to say that's kind of on the one side of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think a lot of employers are taking that hard line, but I think as they start to see that collaboration is key and and office space is needed in some shape or form, there's going to be a rush I think for companies to get back in um, and, and or if the space in which is going to be redefined because previous to the pandemic, you'd have companies coming in and really, you know, putting company or employees into small open floor plans. That became the really cool thing, oh, right? Yeah, I mean, like we did that in our office. We did collaborative workspace. I mm-hmm. was like, yeah, that's whoa, done. I want my own personal space. What's yeah. this? Like, I got to sit next to David all day and listen to him chew and talk and <laughs> listen to, listen his, to him. His and, music. And, yeah, his kids call all day yeah. long and all that. Um, own shared spaces. We don't want those anymore. No. Right. We want our dedicated We space. want our dedicated space. And, but that requires more real estate. It does. So I think that's, you know, what you're going to see is kind of maybe the storm of, we need to go back into the office. We need more space. Mm-hmm. Right. Closed offices, I think, are going to come back in. You know, you know, I blame the CEOs of the larger tech companies who said, "I'm not going to have an office. I'm going to sit with employees." Different. Right. Right. Um, and so I think that you know you're going to see that shift, and a lot of things are cycled. So yeah. prior to the pandemic, we were all with this whole hybrid model. We we're going to have these open floor plans and all of that. And what we saw actually was people moving away from that. Right before we entered the pandemic, we were having a kind of a return to the to the office, the traditional office that we knew happening. Then the pandemic hit. Boom. All right. That all stops. Well, that's going to come back. Right. I mean, that's absolutely going to come back. And then also for those hybrid model that you're seeing being pushed right now, well, then they want the premium location. Right. Where is that premium location? Scottsdale. Right. Right. They want to be in those those multinodal centers of, of economic you know, where that, the, the air park right. in downtown Old Town Scottsdale, and they want to be in the glass facades that are really fancy down, you know, in ASU's project in Skysong, right? Those are you know, all places that have seen almost right. all leased out. 
So we're seeing that. And then we're seeing office sales now. DC Ranch had the office sale at $531 a square foot. Exactly. That's betting on the future, right? We know that's going to be a strong performer long-term. We're willing to pay that dollar. Right. So we're seeing that happen. And I think that's going to continue to see that push. And then when you see a push back to return to office, yeah. Right. Because from our perspective, anytime anyone is telling us that they want property or space in Scottsdale, it's nearly impossible. Like we can't even put people there because there's no there's no space. So how is the city bringing in great talent, bringing in great businesses, but also accommodating the space? Like what's what's coming in? What's in the works? So in, in any kind of a, a economic downturn, there's opportunities. And, you know, as, as economists, we're opportunists. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not. Uh, uh, <laughs> except so we, you. Except me. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's, that's an important part is, you know, how do you capitalize on some of the, the negative things that have happened with the, the pandemic? I will tell you, and, you know, this is an important part, is that we have targeted markets that we proactively go into to look for companies Locations like Chicago, New York, San Francisco. Those are, they've been are our targets. Are you trying target. to steal people? Is that what uh, you're saying? We, absolutely. <laughs> right? Absolutely. I mean, isn't We're, that what yep. every great city does? Every city does the it. The best talent. The right. best talent. Right. There, there, are, there are cities around the, the country that are probably in Arizona today meeting with companies, meeting with talent, doing the same thing that we do. So it's, it's, it's a common practice. You know, it, it, it's a competitive industry. It's like headhunting. But it is. And we're looking for yeah. the best of the best because, you know, it, it, you know labor is, is different now. And now you can work remote. So, you know, we're, we're going after tech is a, is a strong industry for Scottsdale. We've seen a lot of growth pre-pandemic and, it's in, and there's a lot of market share for us to capitalize on. And we go after a certain targeted uh, wage, too, because we want people that live in Scottsdale to also work in Scottsdale because there's a multiplier effect of that. But if you're in, in an industry that says you can live anywhere in the world and work from home and you're making a good wage, we want you to live in Scottsdale. Why wouldn't you live in a place where people, millions of people save up for years to come and vacation? Why wouldn't you want to live here? You know, and, and David and I can speak to this. Carla, you can't you live in Mesa. <laughs> Nothing against Mesa. I love Mesa. I really do. I lived in Mesa. I was going to college. Um, but, you know, people you know, think that, we, hey, we live in paradise. It, it, and so um, that, that, that's, that's not a completely new, but no. the pandemic exploded that opportunity to go after the best talent, high wage earners, to get them to locate in Scottsdale. So we're doing active uh, marketing in our targeted markets to dangle that that, that right. carrot in front of in front of our top talent. I think that's part of the reason we saw this big housing boom here in Arizona. It's because of us. It's no. just <laughs> because of Scottsdale. That's it. The end. Show's over. Just because of Scottsdale. Yep, yep. No, but I mic think, drop. Wait. Yeah, mic drop. No, Mike. <laughs> I think that because people said, hey, my company just told me I'm working from home indefinitely. We have no answer as to when we're coming back. I'm originally from Seattle, so I would say it rains here 300 days a year. Why wouldn't I move somewhere where they have bountiful sunshine, swimming pools? Let's make work from home life more attractive and just move down there. So in Northeast Mesa, which might not be where you lived when you were in college, we have like (laughs) the mountains. I'm trying to remember where I lived in college. (laughs) It's not known as the more affordable area. Let's put it that way. But we have, you know, we have mountains, we have kayaking, we have rivers, like, and I know Scottsdale does too. And so it's like, if I'm going to work from home, 
why wouldn't I do somewhere that feels like I'm on vacation every day? And I think that that's where we saw. So it'll be interesting to see if those people have to start heading out. I already know one colleague, friend of mine that had to quit his job because they told him you're going back. Right. And he was like, oh, no, we really like it here. We're not right, actually right. going back. I think you're going to see quite a bit of that. Yeah. Um, think of those people that moved to Idaho. Right. Ugh. You know, all oh, of sorry, those Did places. I say that out loud? But- <laughs> that was my out loud voice. <laughs> My bad. But still, you had a, a huge influx of people leave some of these major metropolitan mm-hmm. areas where a lot of their employers were to these other places. So how many are going to end up having to go back? Right. Or quit their job, which then needs to bring business here so that they have somewhere to work where they're still making an adequate income. So what is the average income for a Scottsdale resident? Well, I'll tell you the targeted wage that we okay. go after is uh, just just over eighty thousand uh, dollars, and that's two hundred percent of the county's median wage. So that's the county's, you know, they just you know, just under forty thousand thirty nine and some change. We go after uh, industries that have wages eighty thousand or higher. Now that doesn't mean that we don't take companies or work with companies or locate companies that have wages less than that, but you know, we really set that that wage higher because again that likelihood that you're going to live in Scottsdale goes up if we get those targeted wages. It goes substantially down. With median housing costs at 1.2. That's what I was going to just say. How do we make attainable housing for people that are in that under $80,000 range? Yeah. This is a conversation that our community and and a lot of communities around Arizona have had for, uh, you know, as long as I can remember, 20 plus Mm -hmm. years is, and and it's, it's, it's changed a little bit for the longest time. It was about affordable housing. And then you got to define what's affordable housing. And now the conversation has broadened to workforce housing, community housing, attainable housing. Mm -hmm. And it means different things to different people. But when you talk about teachers, I mean, I think things, you know, Professions we can get our arms around where right. we want these people to live in our communities are firefighters, yeah, uh, pl- police officers, teachers, nurses, and and that's you know been a, a challenge for any community is to keep them in their community. School districts now are looking at their own properties and saying we can affect this problem on our campuses. Mm-hmm. School districts are exempt from following municipal uh, uh, zoning codes, so they can they can construct housing on their properties if they want. Interesting. Or schools, for that matter. Right. Yeah. Right. So, what, like, let's just hypothetically, what would that look like? Would that look like, like, almost like student housing, but for qualified teachers? Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. I know uh, a lot of independent and international schools overseas, like in China, Mm -hmm. has absolutely the boarding covered for the for the teachers. They have apartments for them. So well, that's part of the enticement of bringing them over. Think about how cool that would be. You know, say you're in some kind of school subsidized housing while you're gaining experience as a teacher, saving some money so you could afford a house where you teach and you're teaching in probably one of the best school districts in our state. I think that sounds attractive, right? That's an attractive way to bring teachers over. Well, and I think it's a way to keep salaries down because if you can give them housing as a perk, then right. you can get away with paying them, well, less. Well, maybe what they're already being paid. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think districts are looking at, at it you know, as, a, as an attraction tool. Because, I mean, I have uh, two daughters that are, one's a first-year teacher and one is a, uh, going to a second-year teacher. Good for them. And they struggle with that, too. It's yeah. like, I'm making how much, Dad? You know, yeah. and, and they're entering the real world. So they, right. they're trying to get a sense of, I have this and I have bills and how do I do this? Well, 
we all went through this, you know, starting off in our careers and how do you, you know, you pay your bills. And so I think it's a way to help impact that a little bit where a school district says, you know, for the first couple of years, I think you'd want to put a limit on it as kind of a way to get them into the district as you get a little experience. And if you, you know, you choose to get roommates and you can move out and get an apartment, whatever that may be, but it's just a creative way of just trying to attract um, and be competitive because not every school district around the country is going to be able to do this. But oh, I think no. those that do are going to definitely get the best. Mm-hmm. So that is school school district, like where the current school is built, correct? Which is different than, say, state land, which some people may not understand the difference. So can you explain what state land is to the listeners and what is Scottsdale doing with any state land they're acquiring or have acquired? Yeah, so state land, uh, Arizona has millions of acres that when the state became a state, uh, there was millions of land, uh, acres of land out there that, you know, the state owned and the constitution, state constitution talks about the state needs to dispose of that land to help fund the state's educational trust. And there's some other aspects, but, but majority, majority of the sales go to, to the state's education. So it pays for our education system. Pretty much every city in the state has some level of state land, you know, give or take. So the state for the longest time was leasing land. Mm-hmm. So if you mm-hmm. wanted to get it, do a long-term lease, um, they've, they've gradually moved into selling land. For Scottsdale, we had originally about 1,400 acres of state land, generally in the area of, of, of uh, the 101 freeway from Hayden to Scottsdale Road. So everything north and south that you see bare land, that was state land. Yep. The state has moved into to selling land, and that's helped us quite a bit to market that because it's a complicated process. And it would take me hours to walk through it in detail, but in broad strokes, it's a public land. So if you have an interest, Carly, so you know what? I want to buy 100 acres for my new enterprise, uh, Carla's Cars. It's an antique uh, uh, car collection and restoration totally. program. It's made that up, but it sounds like good. It. We'll work that on that later. That does sound good. Okay, well, that, yeah. let's trademark that. Um, hopefully you like cars. It's going to be a horrible business. I come from a car family. So See, how yeah. did I know that? I don't know. Wow. I just have the vibe, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Or it could be my crystal ball. It's in my car. <laughs> um, so you used to go to the state and say, I want 100 acres. And the state says, okay, fill out this application. They take the application and then they say, we will put it up for auction at some point. The state is like anybody else. They have limited resources. They have a department. Get this called the state land department. (laughs) Didn't see that coming, did you? Yeah, right. So creative. Yeah. And then they have to, but they've got, you know, a lot of uh, eager people around the state, different cities. And so they'll eventually, as quickly as they can, get it to an auction process. There's a lot of due diligence you have to do on your side. You have to do... Um, excavating, you have to do a lot of different things to make sure that property is safe. Everybody knows what's under that dirt, uh, what kind of drainage you have to do, public infrastructure. The state does an appraisal. They post the appraisal amount on the website. They do all the things. It used to be the newspaper says, well, your 100 acres is worth $100 million. And then they set an auction date. Mm -hmm. And it's usually 12, 12 weeks after they put $100 million out there. It's in the basement of the state land department, and it's a good old-fashioned auction. You come in, they give you a paddle, and you bid. Okay. And the highest bidder gets the land. So okay. it's a process that takes time. And so we, we have about 800 acres left, and, and we're marketing that as Scottsdale's corporate corridor because if you look at what's up there now, you have Cavasan, which is a 134-acre parcel that Nationwide Realty Investment bought three years ago. And that's a, that's a, the real estate arm of nationwide insurance. Mm -hmm. And so they are developing as a mixed use project and also built uh, nationwide's uh, regional office there. Uh, I mentioned the 500,000 square feet that they built um, for their regional office there, mixed use uh, hotel 
couple office uh, choice hotels has their technology um, international center there. Um, Axon bought 74 acres on the southeast corner of Hayden on the 101 to build their uh, international headquarters. And a most recent auction was uh, Dorito Partners, okay. uh, partner with uh, Van Tile to purchase a little over 80 acres on the southwest corner of Hayden in the 101. And so they're going to look to develop that. There's still about 800 acres left. And so when you start to see Choice Hotels, you know, a nationwide realty investment, you start to see Axon, you see this clustering of corporate entities. And, and corporations like to be clustered. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, there's sharing of talent. It's marketability from, Absolutely. you know, uh, in terms of location where you can live and, and, and the amenities in the area. So we're taking advantage of that. We think that that land, uh, if things go well, now there's a lot of things in the world, the economy that we're, you know, we need to talk about Big to influence us. Right. Uh, but if things go reasonably well, five to eight years, that land should all be bought and be developed in some shape or form. So when that land is gone... We are, at, we are at build out for all intents and purposes, the city's at build out. So then that's it. Yeah. So we've got a short window. It's, we want the best corporations that make a lot of sense for Scottsdale. We don't have any industrial really in Scottsdale. Oh, the we're recent aware. Piece <laughs> that just sold, the recent piece that just sold, that, that's probably going to go industrial. And that, that went for yeah. a little over a million an acre. Uh, almost a million and a half an acres, 124 acres, went over for one, 125, 125 million. Um, and the reason is, is because, uh, we don't have really any industrial, and that's all zoned industrial. So right. d- imagine buying 124 acres that's already zoned exactly what you need, which is in high demand for distribution centers, manufacturing, you know, light industrial. Um, that's why I went for. Uh, oh, I expect them to get that out of their ground pretty quickly. Did yeah. you say a million an acre? Million and a half. Yeah. A million and a half an acre. So for Carla's, industrial Carla's cars has to be very lucrative. Very. They're in, not, yeah, they're not going to be Honda Civics. Uh, right. We're going to have to ramp that up a little bit. Right. Yeah. In in order to purchase. Nothing against Honda Civics. Anybody's acre. listening that has a Honda Civic. <laughs> so Carla's cars, say I have a million and a half to purchase an acre. I only need an acre. And I'm I'm looking at these parcels. What what amount of time take from the from the time I'm looking to the time I can start selling cars? Mm-hmm. How long does that take? Really good question. First of all, an acre probably wouldn't work because if imagine if the state with 800 acres said they had 800 people looking for acres. So just to say, we'd probably have to go in with a minimum of probably 10 to 15 acres just to get the state interested, just because it's economy of scale. So, right. so now we, we would to, need 15 we might, million Let's buy some extra. We can maybe parcel okay. it off and sell it, or maybe we can put some um, auto types of uh, restaurant uses. Maybe we can get some motorcycle shops. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Right. But how long it takes uh, from the day you put your application in to the point that you, the gavel goes down and you get it. Minimum of a year, mm-hmm. could be a year and a half, depending on, you know, you start searching that that dirt. You know, yeah. if you find some stuff under there that needs a little more examining, that all that stuff can take more time. Mm-hmm. It's been done a little less than a year, but I'd say about a year. Um, and once that gavel goes down and you pay, right. and then, you know, the zoning is a whole nother issue. But typically, you know, when before you go and, and go to the auction, you know what zoning uh, you have available to if you choose to buy it and then change the zoning post after that, because you're like, yeah, hey, I want to, I want to, you know, do some maybe multifamily in there or do yeah. something else, then the zoning process kicks in um, at, after that. And that takes longer. It, it, well, that's yeah, that's the city process, right. and that goes to the city council. That could take about six months, or give or take. So, mm-hmm. say the zoning's good. I hold the paper. The gavel went down. I paid. I wrote my check. It cleared. Right. Whew. That's good. <laughs> yeah. It was close. Then. 
then how long? Am I breaking ground tomorrow? Is it As, all? It if you've all got your zoning and, and you know you got your your permit, you know, everything in your development plans, yeah, you can break ground right away. It's, it's your it's your property um, after you pay and, and you're check cleared. Yeah. So if we're if we're in Scottsdale and we're not selling Honda Civics mm-hmm. or anything probably lower than a Honda Civic, I've driven through Scottsdale. I've seen cars that I had to look up to see what they were. Mm. Right. So, I mean, we're talking high end. Is that the kind of businesses that are coming into Scottsdale? Because some I recognize the names of and some I don't. Right. Right. So are they all kind of that high salary, high end type company? Is that what's left of that 800 acres? Or what do you guys look for when you're trying to determine who can go in there and who can't? So we do our best to strategize on and attracting the best industries that make the most sense for Scottsdale. And we do that you know, in a very open process. So we, we develop a strategic plan. So I, I like to say, and it may sound a little corny, but, you know, we don't hope for economic success in Scottsdale. You know, we, we really plan for it. And we have a strategic plan that we talk about with our community leaders, our business leaders, and take you know, a significant time. Our last plan was, a, was adopted by the city council in April and took about a year for us to develop. And it's a five-year plan. And in that plan, we talk about, you know, what are our objectives? You know, what is it we want to, what does success look like? You know, what are our values for economic success? You know, what are our strategies? And also our industry. So the, answering your question is, what industries are we going after? And we evaluate industries through that, that planning process to find out, for instance, this is uh, pick a um, life sciences. You know, we had life sciences as a target for our, in our previous plan. And we looked at that and said, do we have capacity to grow in that? But we look at our, our surrounding communities. We look at country, cities around the country. And we found out that, you know, we don't have a strong, you know, we can continue to pursue it. But other cities around the country, you know, Boston is, is, is killing it, right? And people are still attracted. International companies, life sciences, biolife sciences are attracted to Boston. What That's, does life science mean? So it's basically science. But emerging tech, so okay. it, it is, is to kind of come together. Is is the way I describe it? Now I'm, yeah, it, healthcare, pharmacy, healthcare, oh, pharmaceuticals. Oh, really? That's yeah. non-traditional. That yeah, Got yeah, it. Yeah, okay. A lot of Gene research. research. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's fascinating. It's it's cool stuff. So, but we looked at that and said, Higher you know, salary. we make more. We make it makes more sense for us to go after the industries that we see as being able to diversify our economy. This Gasdale was founded on tourism, right? And, yeah. and it's still. Uh, you know, a key industry for us, but it, it is very cyclical, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, after 9-11 and the recession and the pandemic, oh, things are going great. We had 10 million visitors last year, you know, right. are, the way. and then we go down and you know, this, you know, you can get, you can get, get sick well, going surf, up and down. Right? The yeah. What's that? You surf, you surf, right? surf. Oh, I surf. Yeah. yeah we're doing it today. Yeah, this afternoon. <laughs> Out big surf. Big surf. Oh, dang it. They sold big surf. <laughs> so, to digress a little bit, little do you know, Rob here helps champion the Cure Corridor, which was to help target those life science industries huh. to bring them in, tie them into Mayo, all the way down into Tempe, tying into Sky Song, and helping develop and bring in those higher salaried, those life science types. Is Mayo considered life science? Um, they have they have they a, a piece of it. I mean, okay. we have Mayo Clinic in, in, yeah. in Scottsdale, the Mayo Hospitals in oh, Phoenix. Okay. Yes. But yeah. So the research center is actually out on Shea in Scottsdale, where they do a lot of clinical research and 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 gene research and all of that sort of thing. Stuff so, that goes way over our well, heads. way over yeah. our pay grade. Yeah. Yes, I yeah. do have one child. I have high hopes for that type of thing. Oh, but good. yeah, we'll good. we'll see how yeah. that goes. If not, we'll put them together. Put them to work at uh, Carla's <laughs> That's cars. That's right. I just right. you just going to work at Carla's cars. <laughs> so Scottsdale can be cyclical sometimes with um, with our 
our temporary residents are, we'll call it snowbirds. We'll just call it what it is. Sure. So that, and then tourism and travel. So how did the pandemic fare for Scottsdale? Did Were you guys impacted a lot? Was it less than you thought? Like, what, what did that kind of look like as the world was shutting down? You know, it happened in March, right? Yep. So we were, I think we had a couple of spring training games under our belt. And spring is our hot tourism season. And so for that fiscal year, we got through half of our spring, you know, kind of our hotbed time. And so, you know, we took a hit the second half. And, you know, the, the, the fiscal year after that, it wasn't as bad as we thought. And part of it is because you know, as far as the, as the city, we projected very conservative uh, in terms of, uh, our city leaders and our financial, uh, our city treasurer, are very conservative. So we, we estimated pretty low. And so we we beat a lot of those projections. So that's good and bad, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we still took a hit. Things were, we, we were going, you know, everybody was growing like gangbusters in 19. It's like, you know, we all knew, speaking of using the word, the wave, oh, yeah. hey, we're going up, you know, but, you know, every wave's got to go down. Uh, we didn't expect the pandemic, of course, but uh, we did pretty well. And I think that, you know, what what we did in the, when that hit us, we were already looking at our strategic plan to, to update it at that time. So when we built our new strategic plan, it also served as a recovery plan. It was perfect timing for us because it's like, now we know what's hitting us. Mm-hmm. How do we how do we plan for the next thing that's going to happen? And there's going to be a next thing. Oh, yeah. There always is. There is. We don't know what yeah. it's going to be. We didn't know, you know. 9-11 was going to happen. Well, right. Go get the Which, crystal ball yeah. out of the trunk. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you guys tomorrow. Okay. Uh, it's, yeah. it's in the shop. I have my eight ball here. It says it's very likely. It's very likely. <laughs> it's very likely. Outlook is good. Outlook is good. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, there's just catastrophic events that no one can right. ever plan for. 9-11 is a perfect example of that. I worked for a marine electronics company for fish finding equipment for yachts at the time. I keep learning new things about I know. You. I have such an interesting background. It'll it'll all unfold as the as this podcast goes over the years, but at the time we had already just discussed like what does cutting hours back look like? You know, people were not buying stuff for their luxury yachts, go figure. And then 9/11 happened and it was like, oh just kidding, we're laying you all off because now no one's really buying them because the world was turned upside down and no and whenever you have that level of uncertainty, people get scared, they hold on to their money, they don't want to go spend it, right? And then that's what happened after COVID too or during or whatever we want to call it is I don't know what's going on in the world. I'm scared. So I'm not going to go. I'm not going to travel to Scottsdale. Perhaps we're going to cancel that trip and, you know, see how it goes. Um, and then you'd have people like us who took advantage of that and traveled the whole country. Yeah, that get, summer. Get some good deals. Yeah, yeah, I did. Well, we gas was not almost six dollars a gallon at the time. So we spent uh, two weeks driving from here up to Utah, up to Idaho, down Washington, down mm. the coast back. So. With, with the family. It was good times. It, you know, uh, some people that I, I know call me the Ted, Gru- Ted Cruz of the pandemic because my wife and I took full advantage of some great deals traveling, you know. And so, yeah, I mean, so you, you find the silver lining mm-hmm. in it. And yeah. Yeah, that's what we did. And now it's like, well, now let's go buy airline tickets because we can. And because my husband's diesel truck costs, you know, half a mortgage just to fill and, huh. yeah. and take a vacation. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm still, I've still got a really positive outlook for the economy oh, in, in not only just Scottsdale, but for the Phoenix metro area in general, because of the amount of people that have moved here, the mm-hmm. amount of... Still moving here. Yeah. And yeah. the amount of companies that, you know, Rob and, and his fellow compatriots have yeah. all recruited to come to the Valley and to Scottsdale. 
I think we're going to weather it much, much better, even as inflationary measures kind of continue to put a crunch yeah. on everything. Well, we were number two in the country, Arizona in general, the Phoenix Metro, we'll call it, was number two for recovery from COVID. So, I mean, I think that says a lot about how strong we are as a state. Mm-hmm. Right. That people are st- and then people are still moving here. We although things have kind of balanced out a little bit, we still are in a very strong seller's market. And because because people are still coming every day, we have huge companies coming in and they don't put down billions of dollars to the for a question mark. Right. For a, like, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Right. right. Like they have. 100% intentions. Well, and I think roots. Rob's very right about the ripple effect, especially when it comes to transforming North Scottsdale into a new multi-nodal commerce center mm-hmm. right up there at Scottsdale and the 101 all the way over. I think you're going to see the continuing of that because he's right. That is about the only available spot for that growth. And they do cluster. And I think Scottsdale Air Park being right there is a, is a good attractor. Then you've got our West world and, and all of that for events, for corporate events and everything else. So I think all of that, it it all kind of ties together really well for the next eight, 10 years for the growth in Scottsdale. So I'm a little excited to see where things go as far as, as that's concerned and what these guys can do when it comes to attracting some, some really neat, companies. I was just going to say if so if anyone is listening out there who knows someone who well, knows we hope someone, everybody well is. we hope everybody yeah, is. Of course but like if you can have your ideal companies or types or or whomever that looks like like what's in your dream what's in your dream crystal ball yeah, who's the yeah. wish list? Yeah. 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 Well, so we were fortunate that we could put our dream into the strategy that you know becomes the 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 you know, the plan for the next five years. Um, and, and really, it, it's industries like financial services is financial services, healthcare, and um, technology did really well c- comparatively during the pandemic because these are industries that were still thriving. There's still need for them. And so, and we did really well as far as keeping those industries and the labor continued to grow. And we see a lot of growth in those markets. Uh, the salaries tend to be higher um, projected to grow from anywhere from 15 to 18 percent over the next couple of years, and depending on which industry you're focused on, um, technology is exciting. You know, technology is a in- individual sector right now, and I think at some point in the near future, it's not going to be a standalone because every company has technology. Every company is a technology company. I mean, John Deere uh, you know, Tractor is a tech company. You really? know, and basically, I mean, I don't know. If, have, you, have you ridden in a John Deere lately? No. Neither of I. But 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 that was a great question. But but YouTube it. YouTube it. It is so cool. Get on the Google machine. and Check it out. I mean, but the the cockpit of those John Deere's are like fighter jets, and and they precision laser guided, you know, plowing and dropping of the seed and and analyzing the soil depth and the and the type of. I mean, I'm using that as an example, but you know, so every company has technology, and so. I mean, Coca-Cola is a tech company. They right. know what can was sold where and when. And, and, and so um, technology is exciting for, for Scottsdale. And, and I would say for the Phoenix metro area, which is the fastest growing county in the country, because, you know, we're competing and trying to pull over tech from San Francisco. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right. I think it, we're right. winning it, at that, too. Well, it, it's going to take some time because if you're a tech company, if, you, if you're an emerging tech company, you're looking for a venture capital. Mm-hmm. One of the first things a venture capitalist looks at is your address. Right. They want to see you're in San Francisco or somewhere within Silicon Valley. That's just, right. but if you're a financial services startup, you know, 
it's got to say New York, right? It's just, it's, right. that's going to take some time. It's a big ship to turn, but we're starting to see more venture capital in Arizona and it's going to take a couple big deals. And then that stigma of, well, you have to be in San Francisco, I think is going to be abolished. I think right. that we're going to be, because we're, we're much more, uh, less expensive. Typically you're paying a college graduate to work in a tech company in San Francisco, um, starting around one hundred and fifty, one hundred eighty thousand dollars. Yeah, right? It's cost prohibitive, and you're living in an apartment with five other people. Yeah, because that's all you can afford. And so the strategy that we've capitalized on is working with companies that are in San Francisco that are are looking to scale, looking to grow, and we go in and say, look, you can operate in Scottsdale for almost half of what it takes to operate where you're currently at, and your labor costs are going to drop down substantially. Mm-hmm. So don't close your operation here but have another office. So when your employees get a little bit older and they're like, you know, I want to have a house. I want to get married. I want to have a yard or carport. I want to have a car. And they want to go to Scottsdale. And so, you know, there's, I think there's 40 some flights a day from San Francisco to Scottsdale. So executives can come out and check the operation. So we've seen some growth. Uh, Yelp was one of the examples that uh, kept their operations in San Francisco and opened up in Scottsdale. Well, you know, that's what Microsoft does because I used to work for Microsoft too. We'll just add that to the resume. But that's what they do, right? They're headquartered out of the Seattle area. And then they have divisions in a variety of states. I worked for the licensing division in Reno, Nevada, where my second daughter was born. And but that's and so it was an entire division. And we worked very closely with the division in Ireland and then in the division in Seattle. And the flight back and forth to Seattle was really easy. The executives were back and forth all the time. And then us executive level worker bees were, you know making all the magic mm-hmm. happen in the background. But so I see when you say that, that's kind of how I envision it. It's like, okay, your headquarters are in in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Like you still do that. What about your division of whatever that looks like? It's being no down different here? than every big corporation right. being out of Look Delaware. Look at Boeing. Yeah. <laughs> out of right. Delaware. Right. 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 I mean, yeah. they have like an office there to keep it there for taxes. Mm-hmm. And then their headquarters is going to be elsewhere. Right. right. That's a whole nother topic for another day. You got my gears turning. Delaware? Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and DSTs. I, want, and I just, I just want to listen exchanges. to that one. I know, I don't know anything about Delaware, but be a Actually, topic. I think we have my favorite 1031 exchange guy coming in July or August, and we'll go over like Delaware statutory trusts and 1031s. It'll be an interesting, you should tune in. And we can I even will, talk definitely. about what other states that you can do that LLC in to keep your, your information private yeah. instead of Delaware that's cheaper. That's fascinating. But back to our topic of <laughs> Scottsdale and like, anyway, that's how I picture it. It's kind of like, yeah, you stay headquartered there, but what what branch could you bring over here? What could you do in order to kind of plant themselves throughout the country? And like Boeing does that too, right? Yes, right. they build planes in, say, Washington State, but they're, they were, were headquartered in Chicago. They're sure. moving. They have uh, operations in Wichita uh, as well. Uh, yeah, they, yeah. Well, that's where the, um, the fuselage comes mm-hmm. from. Yes. I worked at Boeing, too. We'll just Jeez, keep adding where, that where, to the rest. I know. Maybe, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> maybe it should be an episode, where has Carla not worked? Hmm. That would be, hmm, that would short, be tough. It'd be a short episode, wouldn't it? It, it, it would be. Yeah. Uh, yes. I have, I have quite the quite the resume behind me, but it makes me very well-rounded. Yes. yes. I can deep dive into multiple conversations. Very diverse. Yes. And, you know. Worldly, I'd and, say. And yes, worldly. Sell all kinds of, a variety of real estate yeah. as well. Yeah. So, and you talk about the Scottsdale City Plan. Those are... That's all on your website, right? Like someone, anyone can just go look that up. Like it's Absolutely. transparent. The meetings are transparent. I know there's been discussion in general across the country about 
government agencies not being transparent. But I feel like it's just because people don't know where to find that information. True. Right. So if they go to your website, like what's what's all on there? The city plan and... Yeah. So, I mean, ours is simple. It's choosescottsdale.com. We've got our strategic plan out there. I mean, it's... Uh, uh, it's got all of our secrets on there too. So if you're really interested, if you're a competitor, <laughs> uh, feel free to look at that. Well, uh, you know, but did the, you hear that, City of Mesa? <clears throat> City of Mesa, <laughs> uh, City of Mesa. Uh, so yeah, I think you know, I think you're spot on. It's just you know, I, I'm I think Scottsdale does a really good job of being inclusive and, and involving people in our public meetings, and that's why I said it took almost a year to develop our strategic plan because. And we did that during the pandemic, by the way. Absolutely. Uh, everything yeah. was done remotely, but thank goodness for technology. Uh, anybody who wanted to have a voice in our, in our, you know, what our future economy looks like was invited to the table. Um, and it really is a diverse plan that takes and talks about, you know, I'll, I'll tell you too, that Scottsdale is, is a small business community. 95% of our businesses are 50 employees or less. Interesting. Exactly. And how many, how many businesses 50, in the air, in the air park alone? Uh, uh, I, we bring in about 70,000 employees a day to the air park. Isn't wow. that something? Um, yeah. It, yeah. It, I mean, the geofencing Mostly on that small, is... small, medium business, yeah. not big business. And I think that's kind of the opposite of what people think. So I'm glad it to is. keep touching on that because I'm glad that you're... It's kind of like demystifying Scottsdale, right? Because when I think... When I think of a typical Scottsdale resident, just like I'm sure people think of a typical Mesa resident, right? I think of someone, like I said, there's cars I've had to look up because I don't know what they are. I think of someone who winters there. This is just one of their houses and, you know, they have more money than I do and that they don't even, they may not even work there. Or they're some big high level executive. But when we're talking small businesses like that, I think that's really impactful and kind of destigmatizes mm -hmm. who's actually, David Pierce lives there, right? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. No, I, it's an important point. And we saw that, you know, coming out of the pandemic is supporting small businesses and shopping local. And if you live in Mesa, you know, certainly shop in Mesa, you know, Scottsdale residents, we encourage to shop in Scottsdale because that every time you spend a dollar in your community, it goes to support things like public safety and parks and so forth. And so, you know, being, being uh, thoughtful, you know, where you spend your resources, I'm a big proponent of, if you know, a small business that's offering the same thing as a big business, we can't pick sides, but, you know, just think about, you know, you know, you know how, how you can help a small business that's just trying to keep their doors open. I think that's true. I mean, I chose to buy my new car in Scottsdale as opposed to elsewhere because of that. Yeah. Right. Because right, then your your tax dollars are staying where mm -hmm. you reside Going to the as parks. Well. Right. Right. Well, and I know when I used to run my own small business, just add it to the resume. It, <laughs> it was, it's like. For those of you keeping score, oh, yeah, I know, right? I'm <laughs> trying keep, to count it up. It's I've like bingo. Track. Who's gonna, like who's going to be able to report back and win? So when you purchase from, say, a small business, a local business, right? You are helping put their child through school, put shoes on their feet, feed their family. And you know, if you say go outside of our state and are purchasing from, like, Amazon, we'll just call it, you are not always helping your local teachers, your local fire department and things like that. So I just want people to really Absolutely think about true. that. Absolutely true. And then by doing so and keeping that dollar in in your local municipality, it supports guys like Rob. Right. Keeps you know? Rob busy. Keeps, yeah, keeps us busy. Yeah. yeah. That's what we want. Crystal ball full of right. Right. Secrets. Well, and keeps that ball rolling too. Right. Yeah. Batteries aren't cheap. That thing runs on batteries. I know, right? <laughs> we got to keep that thing charged up. Yeah. Do we have any battery plants coming to Scottsdale? We do not. No. <laughs> but I'll tell you, you know, it's it's important. You know, Scottsdale is not an island. Right. Uh, and, you know, we're part of the, of the state in the greater Phoenix area. And, you know, 
I'm biased because I work for Scottsdale and it's my right. home. And but you know, obviously, you know, everything we do with with high tide, all boats rise. And so, yep. you know, Phoenix can't be successful and Scottsdale unsuccessful and vice versa. Pick any city, right? So you know. You know, we need to continue to make sure we have housing uh, throughout the throughout the state for people that continue to move here, who want to live here. You know, we've got one of the largest uh, uh, semi uh, uh, semiconductor manufacturers uh, taking place in North Phoenix in the world. That's a win. Um, in the world. Is a yeah. huge gain win. for the state of Arizona. You know, not to forget our our folks out in uh, Mesa and Chandler uh, who are also semiconductor. And so, you know, that's important that we support. You know, operations and growth throughout the state and in and, and those factors and not get too territorial and say, right. oh, that's happening over in Buckeye. It's happening in Glendale. It's not, you know, whatever that may be. Right. It's all part of, and you know, we're all part of the, of the state and part of the region. I, I think you've seen the municipalities across the greater Phoenix oh, yeah. area really collaborate well, honestly, when it comes to these sort of strategies. Right. They've really been trying for lots of years. Oh, yeah. Well, because honestly, I know we rib each other and I know we like our teasing each other. But when we're all winning, we're all winning, right? Absolutely. Like the Taiwanese semiconductor site, that's a win for our mm-hmm. whole state, every city. Healthy competition is good for everyone. Absolutely. Right. Always. My nephew just graduated from um, ASU, but virtually. So he lives up in Washington mm-hmm. and was asking me, like, do you, how do I get into the semiconductor plant? Do you know anybody? And I was like, I mean, I'll see who I know. I might. So I'm putting it out there if I do know anybody. But how, do they, how do they contact you? How do they, yes, how do they contact me? That was Carla at Investment Real Estate AZ. <laughs> um, so, but yes, it's like, it, so the, there are people that want to keep coming here because we are having mm-hmm. all these wins all over the state, you know, in Scottsdale, right. in Phoenix, in Mesa, in Queen Creek, where they just had the LG won the auction to do the battery plant. Right, huge. Yeah, even Apache Junction, who came to speak with us at MHG Commercial, was saying that, you know, they're they're working on affordable housing. So, yes, that would be a commute, but it's not unique to our city mm-hmm. or our state to have to commute into where you work. Yeah. Right? So, it's just really interesting what's going on around here. And it's fascinating that you get to be a big part of that. It, it, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, it's, it's kind of just a sport. Uh, you know, it, it's fun because I, I you know, we, I, I just feel so uh, proud and blessed to be a part of Scottsdale and the, and, the, and the state as a whole. I mean, you know, we all wear that, that, that badge pretty proudly. Well, absolutely. And to enjoy what you do. Yeah. I mean, makes it easy to go to work. I get to hang day. out with cool people like you guys. Right? I mean, look right? at what yeah. we're doing on a Friday. Yeah. This is fun. Let's just stay here all weekend. What do you say? <laughs> or get some pizza. Pizza's good. Pizza, maybe some soda pop or yeah. some soda. Some, something soda. else. Something else. I don't know. Something right. besides that's really water. In it your is mouth. water. Okay, <laughs> so, well, and it has been a lot of fun. And thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate your time. And if anyone needs to get a hold of you or you know, or someone at the city, then how would they do that? Yeah, the best way is you know, go to our, our website, choosecastel.com. You can contact uh, me directly. All, all of my contact information is on there, my LinkedIn, uh, everything you need to. But I uh, appreciate uh, having me today and uh, love to come back anytime. Well, Absolutely. thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming on. You've been listening to Smashing Through Walls, a place for robust conversations about the building and blocks of Arizona commercial and real estate investments. Host Carla McGee is a commercial real estate broker with MHG Commercial, powered by My Home Group. The opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of My Home Group and do not constitute any offer or advertisement of business or services. 
The real estate market is cyclical, and listeners assume all responsibility should any return on investment, tax consequences, credit effects, or financing terms not meet their expectations. Guests may not be qualified to provide financial, legal, or tax advice regarding a real estate transaction. Listeners are advised to obtain professional tax and legal advice and counsel. 